Amen. Psalm 119, if you would. Psalm 119. And we've been away from this portion of Scripture for some time. And uh, I have enjoyed walking through Psalm 119. One of the things that sometimes can be a, a difficult situation or sometimes not necessarily difficult, but a temptation is whenever you hear a familiar portion of Scripture, you begin to just tune it out. Uh, you might say, oh, I've heard this before, I've read that portion of Scripture before, I've meditated on that verse, and you begin to just kind of lose interest in that service because a verse is familiar. And in Psalm 119, there's many verses that you might be tempted to do that with, but this is one right here where you would say, oh, I learned that as a child, so I don't really need to pay much attention this evening. And could I encourage you, anytime the Word of God is open, that you give every single bit of focus to that reading, to the exhortation, to the, to the message itself. Psalm 119, verse 105, this is probably, for some of you, a verse that you memorized very early as a child. The Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it, that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Accept, I beseech thee, the free will, of, free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand, yet do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined mine heart to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. Notice with me, if you would, verse number 105. This would be the key verse of this portion of Scripture right here. And if you were to, again, go back and study the, the book of Psalms, You'll see that there are many times in the book of Psalms where the psalmist is maybe dealing with a situation. Sometimes it might be about the wicked. It might be about the enemy. Sometimes the, the psalm is encouraging you to look to the Savior. Sometimes the, the psalm is, is pointing you to the Word of God and placing an emphasis there. In Psalm 119, verse number 105, you see that the emphasis, once again, is being placed on the Word of God. Now this begins to give insight into, if you would, for just a few moments, these verses right here give insight into what we would understand as a race that is being run. Every single one of us is running a race. The Christian life is, is oftentimes looked at a race. And even in Scripture you see that there are many portions of Scripture that give attention to that race that we're running. And I remember one time, if you, if you were to go and you were to think about the, the race that is being run, sometimes, if we're not careful, we become weary in that race. How many of you have ever run a marathon before? At any point in that, that race, you might have began to get a little bit weary in that. You almost I know that whenever I ran nine miles in an, in an obstacle course race, I, I wanted to quit at about mile six and a half. I said, this is just, this isn't happening. But I had three miles to get out of the woods, otherwise I'd be there the rest of the night. So I had to keep going. But weariness begins to set in. You think about as you age, and you begin to think about as you age, sometimes you might get weary, and you might get tired, and so you slow down, and you're not able maybe to serve the Lord as much as you once were. And you think about the Word of God, and the Word of God begins to talk about the sweetness of the Lord, and how you grow sweeter and sweeter, and the, the Lord just continues to get sweeter and sweeter. The Word of God begins to get sweeter and sweeter, but sometimes, if we're not careful, because of discouragement, because of the race, because of all the many injuries in the race. You say, well, what injuries are you talking about? Ah, the injuries of maybe a Christian saying something that hurts your feelings. Uh, something that you faced that was a troubling circumstances and the injuries that along the way. 
I remember we were in, in California for a basketball tournament my senior year of high school, and we flew out to West Coast Baptist College, and we were there for a basketball tournament. And I remember being out there, and while I was out there, for just, a, for the, just that tournament, we played, uh, I think, six or seven games in a matter of two or three days. And that's a lot of basketball in just a couple of days. And uh, there, were, there was not very much, many gaps in those, those times that you were waiting. And the, the, the very last game, the championship game that we played in, my legs began to cramp up. And I'd be running on a fast break, and I'd be going up for a layup. And you know this if you've ever had uh, cramps in your calves. Whenever you try to go up, you, you just can't. And two or three times I'd try to go up and, and, and I could not get my feet up. So the coach would take me out and he'd give me some, some bananas and pickle juice. Disgusting. I could eat bananas all day, but pickle juice, I love pickles, I just don't like pickle juice. And so I'd eat a banana or two and then I'd be over there drinking some pickle juice and then try to go back in and I'd get in for about a minute or so, go up again for another layup and the cramp would continue. And I remember how defeating that was and just thinking, man, I want to be out there. I want to help my team. I want to be able to, to, to run. I want to be able to, to exercise. I want to be able to do all these things and help my team win. But I just couldn't. And sometimes in the Christian life, you might feel that way where you just you, you feel almost sluggish, if you would. Uh, a couple of years ago, it might have been last year, we were beginning to talk about getting from the rut Sometimes the rut is a place that the Christian ends up in and they just can't get themselves out. I brought it up this way. How many of you have been in that place where you don't have to raise your hand, but you know what I'm talking about. You were struggling spiritually and you were getting annoyed with yourself because you were wondering, why am I struggling? You would get annoyed with yourself. Just stop, you know. And in the Christian life, you begin to question things. You might have answers to certain things, but you're wondering other areas. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 106. I have sworn and I will perform it, that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Except I beseech thee the free will of offerings of my mouth, O Lord, teach me thy judgments. Notice this verse right here, verse number 109, because verse number 109 gives insight into where the psalmist truly is. This statement right here, my soul is continually in my hand, yet do I not forget thy law. That statement that he makes right here, my soul is continually in my hand, is that situation we find ourselves in where we just say, I'm going to take things into my own hands. It looks like this. It looks like you, are, you have called someone to come and fix something in your house. Maybe you have a leak in your house and the plumber is supposed to come and the plumber shows up and, and he's beside himself and he's trying to do things. But Sean, I think about you recently with your truck. I'm sure there were some times where you said, you know what, I'm just going to take this into my own hand. Brother Cyrus, you've probably been there before. And you say, you know what, I'm, I'm done. I'm just going to do this myself. And then there's some rookies like myself. Where I say, you know what, I'm just going to do this myself. And then I realize, as he says in verse number 109 at the end, yet do I not forget thy law. Then I realize, I, I can't do this myself. I, you know what, I'm just going to do the plumbing in my house. Oh, I don't know how to do the plumbing in my house. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on my truck. Oh, I don't know how to work on my truck. In the spiritual life sometimes, we begin to try to take things in our own hands, and then the Lord reminds us through the word, hold up. You're not meant to take that in your own hands. You're not meant to try to rest in your own ability. You're not meant to try to do that through your own strength. 
The psalmist reminds himself, as he says right here in verse number 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Notice with me, if you would, verse number 105 deals with this. Number one, we see this, God's word is a guide. God's Word is a guide. We begin to look at the Word of God in many different areas of the Word of God. It places an emphasis on this. And you begin to see how it guides us. And every single one of us this evening, we are finding ourselves somewhere. Some of you have walked into this gymnasium and you're sitting in this service and you're saying, you know what, I need some guidance. I need some decisions that have to be made. Lord, what am I supposed to do here? Lord, where am I supposed to go here? How am I supposed to approach this? And you begin to be tempted to say, you know what, I'm going to make the decision because why? We feel like we don't hear from God. Ah, Lord, I've been praying this for two or three months. Lord, I've been praying this for a couple of weeks and I, I haven't heard from you. I'm just going to take things into my own hand. In Psalm 119, verse number 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And you begin to see that the word of God is ultimately the guide for us. It guides us from trouble. It guides us from temptation. It guides us into the path the Lord would have for us to go. You go and you study the book of Proverbs. And one of my favorite things about the book of Proverbs is the portion of Scripture that deal with the right path and the unrighteous path that are available to take. You begin to think about that, and the choice is ours. You get to make the decision on on what you do tomorrow morning. What are you going to do with the Word of God? Some of you right now are waking up every single day, and you're you're stressed to to the max, and you're, you're, you're questioning everything, and you're saying, Lord, I don't know what to do, yet you haven't spent time seeking the answers from the Word of God. Uh, there, there are things that you are praying about right this very moment, and the Lord is just wondering when you're going to get to the Word of God. Can I share with you, if the only time that you are spiritually feeding yourself is when you walk into a service on a Wednesday and when you walk into a service on a Sunday, you're missing so much more. And as you come to the house of God this evening, you're wondering, Lord, what do I have? Well, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my heart. It's a guide. Well, what's it a guide? It's a guide for our walk. You see, there are certain things that we ought to be doing on a daily basis. And I was just having this conversation just the other day with someone, and we were talking for just a few moments. And oftentimes in the Christian life, we're looking for all of the big answers in life. We're looking for the the places we're supposed to live or the the jobs that we're supposed to have, and and we're not finding those things. And, And we wonder, Lord, what are you supposed to be, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Well, let's start for just a few moments. Brother John and I have talked about this before, and I've encouraged him to talk to the teens about this. What are the things, let's just take a teenager right this very moment. What are the things that a teenager is supposed to be doing right this very moment? Well, they know they're supposed to be going to school and doing schoolwork. Some of them might even have a job, so we can throw that in there. Some of them are supposed to be working a job and doing their best of the job. But what are the things that they're supposed to be doing? Well, they're not supposed to be concerned at 15 years old uh, next year getting married. They They don't need to know all those details. At the age of 15, they don't have to know where they're going to college. At the age of 15, they don't have to know what they're going to do with the rest of their life concerning a career. But what do they know? They know they're supposed to go to school. They know they're supposed to read the Word of God. They know they're supposed to be faithful in church. They know they're supposed to be faithful in prayer. Those are things that they do know. And so as you begin to realize that even Scripture talks about that uh, faithful, he who is faithful in the least... You see, the things that you know you're supposed to be doing. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my... Lord, I want to know what you have for me the rest of my... The days of my life. Okay, well, walk with me daily. You see, as, as you walk with me daily, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Okay, Lord, I'm walking with you. What am I supposed to do? Well, just keep walking with me. I'll show you. I'll reveal those things. I'll reveal those things. I'll show you exactly what I'm, I, I desire for your life. And so you begin to see that it's a guide for our walk. You see, the Word of God, in, in that it guides us, it brightens our day when the world has beat us down. 
It sheds light and shines in our lives when we're facing sorrow or, or lack of sunshine in the life. It glows when everything around us is gloomy. All of those things take place in the Word of God. In Matthew chapter number 4, verse number 4, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Psalm 1, verse number 2, it says, But his delight is in the law, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. 2 Timothy 2.15 Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now listen, that's only a few verses. Tonight, we could spend the rest of the evening looking at verse after verse after verse after verse that place an emphasis on the Word of God. Psalm 119, the entire psalm, begins to deal with the emphasis on the Word of God and the importance of the Word of God. If I were to, to, to make the statement I, I, I've said every single time we've been in Psalm 119, what are you going to do with this book? And you, you might walk out saying, man, he... he, he uh, every single time we're in Psalm 119, he says we need to be reading the Word of God. And I'm going to keep saying it. The emphasis is placed on the Word of God. You need to be in the Scriptures. It's our God not only for our walk, but also in weariness. Notice what he says in verse number 107. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me. It's interesting that this is what he says right here. He says, I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. I begin to picture someone who is, who is struggling for just a few moments and maybe there's someone that they would go to. Some of us would admit tonight that there are certain spiritual heroes or just heroes in our lives or, or people that we would look up to. And there are certain times whenever you just need someone to, to brighten your day so you know someone that could, so you call them. Maybe for some of you it's your parents. Maybe for some of you it's a friend. Maybe for some of you it's a co-worker. But you know if you were to call that person, they could cheer you up. You begin to think about that. Psalm 170 says, I'm afflicted very much. Quicken me. Well, how's he going to quicken me? O Lord, according unto thy word. Lord, I need a word. You see, not only is it a guide in our walk, but it's a guide in our weariness, if you would. Psalm 27, verse number 9, Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, forsake me. O God of my salvation. Psalm 94, verse 17, Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul had almost dwelt in silence. There's much that the Word of God will remind us about the strength of God's Word. There are times whenever you're going to be struggling, and the only thing that's going to encourage you is getting in this book right here. There are times, look, I love my family, I love my children, I, I love animals, I, I love uh, sports, I love all of those types of things, but there are times whenever I am struggling and, and my children coming up and saying, Daddy, I love you, that, uh, that cheers me up for a second, but it doesn't solve the problem. My wife letting me know that she's praying for me, that, hey, that cheers me up, but that doesn't solve the problem. And the only times that I find that I'm truly comforted 100% is when I get into this book and spend some time alone with the Lord. You know exactly what I'm talking about because you've been there before and you know that when you get into the Word of God or you're sitting in service and all of a sudden God delivers that Word that you needed to remind you that He's still faithful. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Claim those promises. Well, what promises are we talking about? His promises will strengthen us. And all throughout the Word of God, we don't have time tonight to, de- to elaborate on every single one of the promises, but I want to encourage you, claim the promises of God that are for you this evening. Those promises that are for comforting, those promises that are for peace, those promises that are for strength, claim those things. His power strengthens us. you ever been wondering, how am I going to get through tomorrow? You're tired. You're struggling. 
yet you made it through? It's only by the grace of God. His power strengthens us sometimes. His children strengthen us. You say, well, what do you mean His children strengthen us? You ever had a church member or a friend in the Lord come and just encourage you or shoot you a text message? Hey, praying for you. I just wanted to let you know that, 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 that I'm here for you and, and randomly say something like that. God knows exactly who to send our way when we need them to be sent our way. He knows how to work all those things out. His children will strengthen us sometimes. Prayer strengthens us. Exercising faith strengthens us. Patience strengthens us. Not only is his guide, the Word of God a guide for our walk and our weariness, but it's a guide for our worship. Notice what it says in verse number 108. I love this portion of Scripture right here, verse number 108. It's easy. You know, one of the things that I have come to realize as you read the Word of God is sometimes we get so glued into one verse that has become what we would say a popular verse that we miss everything around it. Verse number 105, if we were being honest this evening, some of us, we would read Psalm 105 all the way to 112, this psalm, and the only verse that we would walk away with would be 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my... That's what we say, oh, that's all I need. Well, what about the rest of it? Verse number 108 says this, Except I beseech thee the free will offering of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. Now, I don't want to, I understand the acoustics in here are, are, are a little bit rougher, and so I don't want to express this the exact way that I, that I, I want to read this and, and what I see that's taking place here, but this statement, I beseech thee, it literally is a pleading, if you would. It's as though the psalmist is, is, is acknowledging, accept, I beseech thee, Lord, please accept what I am offering. Can I share with you, there's more to offering God than just your money. There is. Some of you might not have even offered your entire life yet. You might have said, well, I'm just going to keep tithing because you believe that it's soothing your mind and giving you peace there that, hey, if I give to the church, I don't have to do anything else. Can I share with you? God wants you, not just your money. He wants your talents. He wants your gifts. He wants your time. He wants all of you so that he can use you, not for your glory, but for all his glory. I love that. I love that the psalmist says right here, except I beseech thee the free will offerings. Notice what he says here, of my mouth. Of my mouth. This statement right here, except that statement right there, speaks of the psalmist desiring his offered to be acceptable in the eyes of the Lord. This word, free will offerings, that is found here, this was not forced. It wasn't as though, kind of like you've ever seen pictures before, but the offering plate is being passed around and that, that person is, the dollars almost have to be ripped out of the person's hand to be put in the plate. It wasn't forced. It wasn't something that begrudgingly had to be done. But the free will offering, this was not forced, but rather genuine. Lord, I want you to accept this. And Lord, I don't want it to be pleasing just in man's eyes. I don't care about that. Lord, may it be pleasing in your eyes, Lord, what I'm offering. He says, offerings of my mouth. He was acknowledging that he was giving not money, not anything materialistic, but praise. Praise being offered. His mouth. And teach me thy judgments. The book says in Hebrews 13, 15, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Notice this word right here, continually. Continually. You know what the word continually here in Hebrews 13, 15 is? It says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. That word continually literally means that it's never stopping. It would literally be like if I were to, to say tonight... Illustrating this, every single time that I saw my wife, if I were to tell her every single time that I saw her that she's pretty. Now, being humans, we would get annoyed about that if we did it every single time. 
Well, you say, well, what do you mean? If we were sitting on the couch and I say, Kelly, you're pretty. She gets up to go to the, the kitchen and comes back into the, the living room and I see her again. Hey, you're pretty. She goes to the back of the room to check on the kids, comes back, and I say, hey, you're pretty. After about the, the millionth time, she'd say, hey, I get it, all right? I'm pretty. Or she might be like Holly. If you tell Holly she's pretty, she'll say, I know. Every single time. I know. I think she learned that here. I think some of y'all have been telling her too much that she is pretty. I have to, I have to bring her back down. I say, oh, you're, you're, you're a little goofy looking every once in a while. She was doing her hair the other day, and I, I said, you sure look handsome. She said, Dad. I said, well, you, I mean, your hair looks like, I mean, it's silly. It's, it's rough. She don't like that. But he says right here, except I beseech thee the free will offering of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. The Word of God not only guides us, but it also guards us. Number two, we see that the Word of God is a guard. It guards us against foes, if you would, those who will come at us. He says in verse number 107, I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Verse number 110, the wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. Can I share with you, as I was there just the other day at Crown, and I was trying to encourage some of those young people, can I share with you, don't get so discouraged when someone says something negative about you. You're going to experience that the whole time you live on this earth. There's always going to be someone that says something about you that they don't like. And, and I, don't want, uh, this, I don't want it to come across this way, but I was talking just the other day to Braxton. We were talking, and, and uh, we were talking about something. I can't remember what it was, but I said, at the end of the day, I just don't care. I don't care what some people think about certain things. And I'm not talking about I'm just going to have this mentality of, you know what, I am who I am, expect me. No, I'm not talking about that. But the silly stuff that doesn't matter. The silly stuff that look, people criticize you or people come at you and you say, look, it doesn't matter. It's not worth fighting. It's not worth giving attention to. And notice with me, if you would, in verse number 107, he says this, I'm afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord according to thy word. But in verse number 110, he begins to deal with those who are the wicked, the foes, if you would. I want you to notice some things about them. Notice how they conducted themselves. It says in verse number 110, the wicked have laid a snare for me. That word snare, it speaks of something that looks good, but ends up being bad. It's a setup, if you would. Growing up, right after I'd gotten saved, as a child, I remember being in high school and... and Things that I would say, and we went and we would see my, my dad every once in a while, and I had just gotten saved. I remember this, and I, I said something. I might have, me and my brother were arguing or something, and, and my dad had said something, and he knew I was going to say something ugly. And so I did. I fell for it. He said, well, you're, you're a Christian. You're not supposed to say things like that. And I thought, you know what? I, I'm not. The snare, it looks good. It's, it's something that you think is okay, but it's ending up to be bad. I want you to notice what he goes on to say in verse number 110 because he says, the wicked have laid a snare for me. That word laid, it's, it's a deliberate action. It's trying to catch the Christian in the act, trying to get you to fall. And that's why you always have to be on guard. That's why it's important who you hang around. That's why it's important to be filling yourself with this and not the junk of the world. You have to continue to consider, what am I filling myself with? Am I filling myself with the, 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 the things of this fleshly world? Or am I filling the Spirit with the things of the Word of God? He goes on to say again, though, that whole statement, laid a snare. That statement, laid a snare, means to catch, it means to kill, it means to destroy. That's what the enemy's trying to do. The enemy's trying to destroy you. 
if there's ever uh, something that you begin to think and you begin to wonder about this, I've heard it put this way. There's going to be times in some people's lives where they say, you know what, I, I don't really, the devil doesn't really fight me. You should be afraid of that then. If the devil ain't fighting you, he ain't worried about you. It's those ones that he constantly is fighting that he's concerned about. The trials and things that are struggles and the, the difficulties. There was a preacher who I, I don't personally know him, but I was reading his testimony the other day and just about a year ago, he had began to walk in one of the darkest seasons of his life. He had a, a young person in his youth group who had just gotten killed. He had just resigned from a position on ministry because he was going to go and be in a, another ministry there. And at the last minute, that job opportunity fell through. They had sold their house didn't have another house to move into, and all of this was taking place, and he begins to talk about that, that dark season that he found himself in. You fast forward a year now, and for what it looks like, the Lord is really using him and his family in a ministry that, that, that is just blessing, and God is moving forward, and you begin to wonder about all those things. Well, what is all that about? It's a testing, a time of testing sometimes. The devil might have been really stirring some things up in their own personal life, trying to get their attention, and God sometimes will grant those things for a season. And I look back in my own life, and I begin to wonder certain times whenever I've been afflicted. And, and let's just be honest. When we read the Word of God, some of the afflictions that we think we really are facing is nothing in comparison to those that we read about. Uh, I mean, some of us, if we're, if we're not careful, we'll walk into the house of God limping because we stubbed our toe on our, on our bedside the morning before. And tell everyone as though we broke our toe and we can't do anything the rest of the year. We've got to go to rehab to rehab this toe. And, I mean, it's just the worst of the worst of the worst. Now, let's be honest. Stubbing your toe really hurts, all right? If you haven't done it, see me after the service. I'll let you get a feel, feel for it on one of these, these over here. And you'll, you'll know what we're talking about. Notice what he says right here. In verse 110, he says, The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. He begins to guard us not only from foes, but I believe he begins to guard us from our own worry. Don't raise your hand this evening, but if you were to be honest, how many of you, not raising your hands, would say, you know what, I sometimes am my biggest struggle because I worry about everything. Constantly worried. Can I share with you, has God ever been unfaithful to you? I don't think so. And if you were to say, yes, I believe he's been unfaithful to me, I'd, I'd encourage you to come and talk to me and I can show you right directly from God's word that that's untrue. It's untrue. The psalmist begins to reveal all of these things in this portion of Scripture, and the final thing we see is this. God's Word is a guide. It also guards us, but it also brings gladness. Notice what he says in verse number 111. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever. For they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. Listen, the race is going to end one day. The question is this. Are you going to be found faithful? You can be found faithful. You say, oh, I started great. That doesn't, that's not the question. Are you going to finish? You say, well, I'm continuing great. Are you going to finish? Even unto the end. God's word brings gladness. This word heritage right here that is found, as you begin to read verse number 111, thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever. It is speaking of taking possession of or treasure of tre treasuring that so greatly. Can I ask you this question this evening? Do you treasure this book? Do you treasure it? You know, you know, I treat this book a little bit different than other books that I own. Other, other books that I own, whenever I'm reading a book or certain things, any of, you, any of my readers out here, you, you don't 
You don't fold your pages like this because it drives you crazy. Anyone else like that with me? Thank you. How many of you are the ones who do fold your pages? We need to, we need, we need to have a talk after the service. And there are, certain, there are certain things you just don't do. You know, I, 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 I'm not one who I'll, I'll bend the entire... I can't... I, can't I, I don't like that. But there are some books that, you know what, have... I mean, they need that. There are some times whenever I'll leave a book laying around, but this book right here I treat a little different. When I walk into the house, this book goes in such a place where I know is safe. And if I'm done studying, I don't just leave it out because I've got children with crayons and, and markers and I'm afraid that it might get damaged. It doesn't just get laid around in such a way where it can just get hurt or damaged or anything like this. It's not something when I get in the car, I know exactly where I put it. Whenever I'm walking inside and it's raining, my Bible is like this. This book, I treasure this book. Not, 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 not just because I own a copy and you say, well, you have other Bibles. What's the big deal? Because it's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. The Bible goes on to tell us in Jeremiah 15, 16, Thy words were found and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. I love this book. I love reading this book. I love listening to the preaching of this book. I love being able to get into the book and just see how it transformed other people's lives. The other day, we were able to go and, and Jackson got a, a, a Bible and I was able to get him the Bible and as we were walking out today, this is what I would say is his first true Bible. He's had Bibles that you know he found or he you know would pick up, but it was never one that we purchased for him and as we were walking out today, he said, oh, i got to get my Bible. And he, he grabbed that thing and he, holding it tight. I said, yeah, hold that thing like a football. Hold that thing like an Alabama football player would, not a Tennessee football player. Hold that thing tight now. i got to get those little subtle shots every once in a while in. But he, he grabbed that thing and he was holding it tight. He got out of the van brought it inside, set it down somewhere. He says, where can I set this? He said, set it somewhere that you know you're going to be able to get to it and, and somewhere it's not going to get hurt. So he went and set it on a table. Now, he might not do that all the time, but I want to raise my son to understand that this book is different from other books. I want to raise my son that not just the, the, the look of the book and, and, and man, it's, it's the Bible, but what's inside this book will change your life. The psalmist says right here, thy word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. As you go and you open the Word of God and you spend time reading God's Word, can I encourage you, don't be as one who opens the Word of God and treats it as just a checklist to get it out of the way. When you're searching the Scriptures and you find yourself saying, Lord, I need a word from you, don't just say those words. You know, I remember growing up playing sports, and I'll finish with this. You can close your Bibles. I'll finish with this. Growing up, I would have coaches who would, would have the, the off-season times. And I remember there were certain times he would say, how many of you want to get better this year? And now every single hand's going to go up. But you know how you could tell the ones that wanted to get better? They showed up to the practices. They showed up to the workouts. They showed up to the, one, the, 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 the times whenever you had to watch film, and that's not fun. They'd say, you want to get better? Prove it. Put forth the effort. Some of you are saying, Lord, I, I want to find exactly what you have for me. Lord, I need some direction. Lord, I need some counsel here. Lord, what is this supposed to mean? What am I supposed to do here? To the neglect of actually getting into the Word of God. Lord, I need an answer. It's right here. You can't just tell me. It's right here. 
can I encourage you, give yourself to the reading of God's Word. I, I love reading, but you'll never be able to sacrifice this book for another book and say it was better. This is the best that it gets. This is as good as it gets. Can I encourage you, give yourself to the reading of God's Word. You're looking for something. God's Word will guide you. You're struggling. God's Word will guard you. You're searching and you're trying to figure all these things out and you're, you're searching for answers and you're searching for, for direction and all the things that you desire. Give yourself to the Word of God. Lord, we do thank You tonight. Lord, we come to You rejoicing in the, the blessing of being able to meet together. And Lord, what a blessing it is to be able to get into the Word of God. And Lord, Lord, I understand that it's a, a midweek service. Lord, it's a Wednesday. Folks are tired. Lord, they're weary. And Lord, tonight I pray that you would help us to have the gladness that the psalmist deals with concerning the Word of God. Lord, there are a lot of unhappy Christians in our world today. And oftentimes it can be traced back to the neglect of the Word of God. There are a lot of Christians that have gone astray and it can oftentimes be traced to the neglect of the Word of God. Lord, if we want to get serious about all that you have for us, may we give ourselves to the daily reading of the Scriptures not just depending upon the Word of God being preached from the pulpit, but us personally having a relationship with You through the reading of Your Word. I pray that You be with anyone who's struggling tonight. Encourage them. Help them to realize they need to get into the Scriptures. Lord, and for those who are searching for answers, I pray that they would get into the Word of God. For those who are searching for, for Your will, I pray that they would understand it's found in the Word of God. I pray that You would help us tonight. Help us to commit ourselves to the reading of Your Word. And we'll thank You for it. Guide us now. Ports in Jesus' name we do pray.